Welcome to Meet the Manufacturers podcast, brought to you by Manufacture CT and sponsored by Cone Resnick, who are dedicated to helping manufacturers and distributors to enhance their competitive position and succeed in high pressure trade environments. Visit them online at coneresnick.com. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all of the world's biggest podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, and Spotify. Never miss an episode again and subscribe today, wherever you get your podcasts from. On every episode, we take the opportunity to learn more about a local manufacturing business. Welcome along to the latest episode of Meet the Manufacturers on behalf of Manufacture CT. It's my great pleasure to have two illustrious leaders in the podcast studio today. I've got Mark Orletta, who is the president of Manufacture CT, and the one and only Ari Santiago, who is the host of Made in America and, of course, the CEO of Compass MSP. Gentlemen, welcome to Meet the Manufacturers. Claire, great to be with you. And same, Ari, good to see you. Yeah, absolutely, Claire. Super fun to be on. Appreciate you guys inviting me. Mark, always a pleasure to see you. Oh, it's always a pleasure, never a chore is the phrase we always use. So, gents, what we wanted to do is wanted to get you guys together, two manufacturing brains, if you like, who have got a wealth of experience and knowledge between your ears, and to talk a little bit about 2022 and the year of manufacturing, I guess, within 2022, what have been some of the highs, some of the lows, and some of the things we've got to look forward to as we look towards 2023. So, Mark, kick it off. Tell me a little bit about 2022 from the president's point of view. Yeah, well, it was great to be back in the office, everyone back in the office, at least at, at our company, Bauer in Bristol. But I think that held true for many, if not most of our manufacturers across the state. You know, the one big change post-pandemic was the amount of hybrid work. So there's a fair amount of virtual work. And then a lot of companies, both service industries and manufacturers went to this hybrid model. I think that was a significant change for 2022. And we'll probably see that going forward. You know, the other big things that come to mind in 2022, workforce, 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 just challenges around talent, both recruiting and retention. And then of course, supply chain those challenges supply chain continue now well into where we're at now and they're gonna be here for 2023 as well so i think that's what stands out in my mind yeah mark i agree sort of theming on a little bit of that i, I see you know we've really in my view 2022 especially the second half i don't know if you agree seems like we're in the transition really out of the pandemic i think we're seeing that by the way outside of just manufacturing but but also in manufacturing right and i think of outside the manufacturing right, you see sort of the crash of sort of the covid darlings right zoom stock stuff like that and i think you know we're starting to see you know i don't know if it's a quite a reversion to the mean but on the manufacturing side you know, a lot of the aerospace commercial stuff seems to be coming back, you know, in a big way. Some of the upside of stay at home, you know, related manufacturing stuff seems to have given way to a little bit more rebound on some of the traditional stuff, I think. But some of the changes are baked in. And you mentioned hybrid work. I think that's sort of one of them. And I, I'm going to throw a question, if you don't mind, your way, because I just can't help myself, I guess, on a podcast asking a question. But you and I spoke, I, I don't believe it was on the podcast, but we, we speak a lot. So I could don't know exactly when. But, you know, we had talked about as it relates to Bauer and then in business in general, the idea that we'd seen a lot of meetings moving to virtual. I see 
some of the virtual stuff moving back to in-person with some of the virtual stuff saying staying virtual. I wonder, are you seeing the same? Do you think we've sort of reached a stasis point or do you think we're still sort of figuring out what the new normal is going to be? Yeah, so I'll put my Bauer hat on as mm. Chief Operating Officer Bauer. And we are back in person and not only our employees here, but our customers. So mm -hmm. as we speak today, actually, we have three customers in from Turkish Airlines and tomorrow, and they're here for factory acceptance for the next two weeks. And that's the model that for, you know, 50, 75 years, Bauer has gone by and, and we missed that. So it, it came at a huge cost during the pandemic to not have customers be able to travel to Bristol, Connecticut. And likewise, our engineers couldn't travel to Turkish Airlines to do an installation, startup training, commissioning. It's real difficult. You know, there's certain mm. things you can do over Zoom and virtually, but you can't replace it with the, the in-person stuff. Yeah, mm, so you're seeing a, a little bit of that reversion back that, I'm, that I've been hearing about and seeing in a lot of businesses. Yeah, absolutely. The other thing uh, you know, that comes to mind, during the height of the pandemic, we sent our engineers home for, what, two, three months? And, that, and we couldn't wait to get them back in the office because you just lost so much on productivity and efficiency, and not only between engineering disciplines, but also between engineering and the shop. So if a mechanic is assembling a test stand, he has a question, he's not going to pick up the phone and call an engineer at home. He would go to his desk, he'd walk to his desk and say, come on out here, I need to show you this and help me figure <laughs> it out, right? Yep. So thank goodness everything's pretty much back in person. Mark, do you currently have any staff working hybrid or from home or is everybody back? We have a couple field service people that travel a fair amount. They are virtual employees, remote staff anyways, because they're on mm -hmm. the road a fair amount and as well as a couple salespeople. And some are international and some are here domestic. But one else from, you know, operations, engineering, manufacturing, they're all in the Bristol office. They're all back. Ari, what about yourself? What about Compass? What about your mm. team? So we're way more back than we've been. I think, you know, for a lot of folks, we're, we're back in five days. It's sort of similar to Mark. We got some people that are in the field a lot. And so it didn't make a ton of sense to force them to come to the office to sort of lay their jacket down, only to pick it back up and head back out into the field again. So, you know, some of those folks are, are working from home and other folks we have on a 3-2 hybrid. But we're back much more. We're actually going to doing planning on and we'll be executing an office expansion to create more space to facilitate growth and more in-office in collaboration collaboration, expanding our training room and stuff like that. So, you know, I think we're betting long-term that uh, that being in person more and having that face-to-face -face collaboration is really going to drive more value over the long-term. When I think about workforce challenges, certainly recruitment is important, but retention. And so one thing that we did during the pandemic is we had summer work hours. So we decided, you know, rather than going to a, a four-day work week we would allow employees to work a half a day Friday, assuming they got in, you know, they put in nine hour days Monday through Thursday. So this flexible work arrangement was really popular, went over really well. And it was actually an employee suggestion that we continue those summer work hours year round. And we did that. And it's been great. So, you know, people come in between seven and nine and they leave between three and six or whatever the hours are. The point is, you know, get your job done. And and I think that is one thing, good thing that's come out of the pandemic is the need to be competitive and to have 
some type of flexible work arrangement. I'll piggyback on that to say that something that I'm noticing from all my conversations with the manufacturers across Connecticut is the there's a lot more openness now than there would have been. By the way, I'll take it one step back and say, even since you know before I started you know the podcasting you know three and a half four years ago, people were talking about workforce. Right, we needed more people in manufacturing. That certainly got did not get better, let's say, over the last couple of years. But one thing that I think we've that we've seen, and Mark just highlighted in his own personal example there, is a lot more openness in manufacturing to kind of think outside the box. You know, I think it had been a certain way for a long time. And we've talked long and hard about it's not the dark, dirty, dingy days of yesteryear. It's lean, green, and clean. And certainly the manufacturing floor has changed. The work type has changed. The excitement, the innovation. I think a lot of that has changed. But somehow the innovation around working hours and working flexibility hadn't quite changed as much. And I'm hearing a ton about that right now. And, you know, Mark talked about one example. I've heard a number of places that have been trying for the four day work week, which has kind of two advantages. Everyone gets a it's not a short it's not less hours. It's packing them into four days. Right. So everyone's, you know, working four tens or sometimes, you know, a little more than that to get it all done. Some businesses, they found, you know what? The savings and sort of the setup and shutdown that you do every day, if we only have to do that four times a week instead of five, when it comes to production, we can sort of get some flexibility in the production, even though maybe customer service, you know, sales and, and you know, executive management may work five days or some version there. We also talked to somebody who was looking at, you know, daycare has been a huge struggle. And, you know, sometimes people want to work, but they can't because they're kids. That tip that affects everybody, but probably more so effect, has affected women more, more typically. And we know of a manufacturer that sort of piloted a program where they created a 30-hour work week, gave someone the ability to sort of come in after kids go to school, be home when they get there, but still, you know, still work. You know, it's continuous, but sort of being flexible, obviously not paying for 40 hours and getting 30, but still giving them benefits. And that's been, you know, successful pilot program. So I love to see the innovation. I think I really encourage manufacturers to innovate. We think about innovation and continuous improvement on the production line. But I think taking that to the employees and to how we think about recruiting and retention will only benefit us going forward. I couldn't agree more. Flexi time is an absolute winner for so many people, particularly families, as you pointed out, Ari, you know, and I think we are missing a trick potentially by not being open minded with how we approach working hours. And uh, it's one of the good things that came out of the pandemic that, mm. that I can see is that we have moved on remote working and this this idea of where and how we work probably 10, 15 years in the space of a global pandemic. So thanks ever so much, COVID. It- <laughs> yeah, well, can I, actually, if I if you wouldn't mind my doubling down on that, Mark, and I, and, I, and I'll I'll look to you to maybe outline some stuff you thought about. But you know, one thing that into thinking about recruiting and retention, which is so important, you know, talking about some of the innovation, I think the biggest thing is meeting people where they are, and I think that's a theme that manufacturers have begun to embrace, you know, more and more. And so we we want to engage young people, you know, but we don't think about getting on the platforms that they're on. We're not on TikTok. Are we on Instagram the way that we should be with young kids? And I'm seeing more manufacturers, you know, you know, doing that. I did a keynote at SMA last year and I challenged people to get on TikTok if they wanted to meet people. And I've had multiple manufacturers send me links 
to videos that they're doing, you know, to get on there. I think that Love that's, that. you know, super important. I see so many people, you know, getting involved, you know, internship programs, you know, and other programs to sort of find people, apprenticeship programs, you know, really trying to lean in and saying, hey, I got to do something differently. And Mark, I know you guys have been heavily involved with University of Hartford. Maybe you could speak a little bit. I think you guys have experience. Meet them where they are if we want to recruit them. Yeah, absolutely, Ari. We've had great success with our engineering internships, but the reason is because we go to the University of Hartford a couple times a year. We meet with the students during a resume boot camp. They get to know us. We get to know them. We invite them over to Bauer for a tour, and next thing you know, they're spending the summer with us, and then hopefully they're spending their career with us, right? We bring mm -hmm. them on full time. But last summer, we had five engineering internships here at Bauer. We'll do it again this coming summer. But also, to your point, it's also reaching out to students at a younger. We've done it with high school students over the past six months. We had Bristol Eastern and Bristol Central high school students come tour Bauer. They spent a couple of hours with us, and boy, just their eyes opened up. It was amazing. They didn't know what a manufacturing facility looked like. All they see is maybe what it was like in the 1950s, right? Watching a movie, D Dark, Dirty, Dingy. So mm -hmm. the technology, the the engagement, the fairly young staff here, even at Bauer, it was great. In a couple of weeks, we're going to have Southington High School students come through. But I think it's important that students, probably not only high school, but even younger, seventh and eighth graders, give them visibility to manufacturing, engineering, STEM at a young age, and college isn't for everyone, you know, big, big proponent of trade schools, tech schools, and you can have a really good career with any one of those. 100% Mark, I love it. And I mean, you guys are just terrific for you to be leading by example. You know, we can sort of talk the talk here, but you really walk the walk. And I just, it's really impressive. I think a lot more manufacturers are following suit. You guys have been doing it for a super long time and it's just been really great to see them do it. I see the, you know, I was at the ACM trade show this year and you see literally like over a thousand students who are coming through and, you know, seeing over a hundred manufacturers. I mean, you know, that's obviously a once a year and mass and that's one way to generate interest. But what we really need is every manufacturer to do what you guys are doing at Bauer, which is tour with the local high schools, do those internship programs, let people kind of get in there and see what it's like. And it's a real mutual benefit, right? I mean, you get to sort of try before you buy and they do too. And, and hopefully, you know, that sort of like, uh, you know, if I can say dating experience, hopefully lets the marriage last a lot longer than uh, some normal <laughs> hiring experience. So I think that's, uh, I think that's really great. Love that. Manufacturing speed dating with Mark and Bauer. Love that. We should we should trademark that now. I don't, I don't awesome. know that we want to call it that, Claire. But Hey, listen, we need to get you on TikTok and Insta. Yeah, that's true. There's an opportunity there. But it was it was a visit that I made over to Bristol Tech and met the instructor for the their electrical department. We had an opening for an electrician here at Bauer and called him up. I had a relationship with him and I said, send me your top two students. And one of them came over, visited us and ended up doing a work study program for 10, 20 hours a week. He graduated Bristol Tech. We brought him on full time. And then it, Ari, you talked about the ACM show. Gosh, I forgot about that. Over a thousand students, high school students coming through. It was actually one of the instructors from... Southington High School that I met at that show. And he said, can I bring the students over? I said, of course. So 
I always say yes. Anytime anyone wants to come tour, you bet. Meet the Manufacturers podcast on behalf of Manufacture CT is created and produced by Red Rock Branding, redrockbranding.com. If you are enjoying this episode, please subscribe to and share this podcast today. Absolutely love it. I just want to throw another thing out there that I've noticed has been it's something I think has happened but I think it seems to me to be happening more. It relates, I think, really tightly to manufacturer CT. We've been really lucky in Connecticut to have a number of manufacturing trade associations that have helped people sort of learn and grow together. But I think, I don't know if it's in part the, the pandemic or there's also been maybe a changeover in, in sort of a new generation taking over leadership in manufacturers, but I see so many more people engaging and engaging so much more. You know, I go to some of these events. I was at the Manufacturer CT holiday event just the other week, and, you know, they're really well attended. People are really committed to going. Lots of manufacturers. I mean, I just had Jamie Lissette, COO of Athletic Brewing Company, you know, on the Made in America podcast. You know, he was talking about how in his previous career, you know, in finance, he never would have never joined any of those groups, never spent time doing that. And now that he's an operator, you know, joined manufacturer CT. And he was effusive in his praise of just how great it is to have this like built in network. And he's like, it could be something as silly as I don't I need some emergency pallets. I don't know where to go. I pick up the phone. I call someone and everybody's got a guy, you know, oh, I got a guy. And he's like, next thing I know, two days later, I got pallets. I couldn't have even found that on Google. And it's just from like one or two phone calls for manufacturer CT. And I think, you know, I'm a huge proponent of, you know, peer learning, leverage each other's experience, rising tide lifts all boats. Let's work together to learn and grow. Seems to me that 2022, I've seen a lot of embracing of that, both in terms of everybody sharing as well as being open to learning. Are you are you seeing the same? Yeah. And of course, I'm biased toward manufacturer CT. And I, I listened to that podcast that you did with Jamie Lissette, and it was great. And, you know, what a fantastic organization they are. And I toured their facility in Stratford just a couple of weeks ago as well. So I, and, and now I'm hooked on athletic brewing, you know, beer. Yeah, I'm not just awesome. making that up. I attended just this weekend. I attended a couple holiday parties and I had two regular beers and two non-alcoholic beers. And I don't, I wouldn't have done it if I didn't taste Athletic Brew because it's that good. Their beer is that I, good. I'll throw an Athletic yeah. Brew plug out there. I actually gave me a hat. So I was, I was just down in, in Miami and flying back home and I was wearing the hat. And uh, somebody stopped me in the TSA line and was like, hey, do you know that place? I'm like, yeah, well, you know, I got the hat. I've, I've heard of it. He's like, oh, their beer is amazing. You know, he's like, I just started distributing it in Tennessee. And he's like, it's terrific, blah, blah, blah. So anyway, I, I thought I'd just throw that out there. Yeah, it's good. And where, and where can you go take a company tour and leave with a six pack, right? That's, right, that's exactly the, right. It's a beautiful thing. But, but manufacturer CT, to your point, Ari, it's, there's something there for everyone, whether it's Jamie Lissette being on the executive peer group and trying to find pallets, or we have our young manufacturer professionals. And they're, mm -hmm. you know, they do socials, they do company tours, but they also do axe throwing because they're a younger crowd. And, and that's kind of <laughs> the way they like to network, right? And then, mm -hmm. you know, if you're interested, if your passion is government affairs, well, there's a committee for that. If, if it's workforce and a lot of great things they're doing with the underserved and underemployed in the organizations within New Haven and Bridgeport and Hartford, I think it's a, it's a tremendous, very engaging group of people. And look, we had 200 people at our golf tournament. We had 100 people at the the holiday party that we were at last week we had 300 people at our annual celebration so there's something going on there and it's working i think it's working for 
the association, but it's working for all the employers as well. I think it's great, Mark, and I'm seeing that that level of engagement in other places too. I think that's really a theme for me, you know, thinking about 2022 is just that sort of resurgence of community and camaraderie, people loving to get back together. And I think there's social value and I think there's business value and I think there's community value. I think driving those three stakeholders is a real key to success with the industry long-term. So I'm excited to see that. And hopefully that's a trend that doesn't just continue, but, you know, doubles down in 2023. That's exactly what I was going to say, is that it's a community, that that coming together and the sharing of knowledge and information is what makes, you know, as an organization, it's so powerful and so useful to so many businesses. Mark, a question for you with your president of Manufacture CT hat on, shall we say, what have you found throughout 2022, I guess, not the biggest challenge, I guess, but the obstacles that companies are facing and are, and are bringing, if you like, to manufacture CT for guidance and assistance and a bit of information about how best to navigate. Yeah, a lot of it is, you know, now that we're back in person, it's a lot easier, I think, to share best practices. You can do some of it virtually, but it's a lot easier when you're walking the plant floor or someone else's factory and you pick up on best practices and you know, whether it's some kind of suggestion, employee suggestion board, or all these things that you just stumble on. So I think that's been good to see that come back. Local suppliers comes to mind. Again, it's it's getting in person. There's a company across town here in Bristol, Novo Precision, Bill Hazard, great guy. And I was over visiting his plant and I said, who makes that for you? And he said, some company in Indiana, but you know, the quality's kind of not so good, a lot of problems. I said, we can make that for you. And then he's over at our shop and you know, he sees these extruded aluminum chambers, 80-20 chambers, and he asked the same question, who makes those for you? And I said, well, we get them from Massachusetts, but every one of them that comes in, comes in damaged. And he said, wait a minute, <laughs> we're a mile away. I can guarantee you it's not going to get damaged in shipment because we're going to bring it over in our own truck, right? So it's that working, you know, supplier to supplier, business to business relationship that is phenomenal in a huge opportunity. I know the state is launching a new website or a new tool to connect businesses so I see that as being really instrumental in, in terms of keeping business locally, keeping business here in the state. There's certainly a lot of training opportunities. You know, we've introduced a lot of companies will come to manufacture CT just as a resource and they need training for, you know, it doesn't matter manufacturing or it could be someone in engineering. It might be something around cybersecurity or lean or what have you and we can at least point them in the right direction because those resources are out there. They're out there from Constep, they're out there from CCAT, all these great resources, but people have to know how to access them. I think it's all about kind of connecting those to the right people. Kind of connecting and reconnecting, yeah. I guess, post-pandemic. Yeah. You know, Mark, you, you touched on, obviously, this was a bit of a story there, you, your, your own little supply chain challenge with those tubes. But I wonder, one of the things that is a challenge that sort of thing hits everybody differently, there's been some, I think, some positive sides to the supply chain challenges, i.e. some nearshoring, reshoring. I think we've got some new opportunities to bring stuff closer to home, which I think is a, is a positive trend, but certainly some of the, you know, the changes in the cost, if it comes down to, you know, the supply chain items, whether it's metals or other things, either hard to get or the pricing's gone way up. I thought that by the end of 22, we'd see that abating a bit more. It doesn't seem that it has 
abated to the degree that I thought it would. Wondering if you see the same thing or if you see it differently. So it's still a huge problem, especially with electronics. Anything that's electrical, electronic, where it requires some chip, you know, and it, and it can be embedded in some other product or equipment that we're buying, but it all goes back to probably something in Southeast Asia where there's such a demand for that. So that's a huge problem. The one thing that maybe has, and, and, and I don't see that changing probably for another year. The forecast, I won't mention any brands by name, but something that we used to get in 16 weeks is still 40, 50 weeks lead time. It's just remarkable. I mean, it's wow. not even close. And here we have to deliver our test stand, the million dollar test stand in 40 or 50 weeks. And we can't be getting the parts in in 40 or 50 weeks, right? It doesn't add up. It does not, yeah, it no. does not add up. It's sort of one of the things you sort of fear, right? It's a little bit like the run on toilet paper that people probably remember from back in the day. It's a little bit mm -hmm. self-reinforcing cycle, right? Like you're realizing it's going to be 50 weeks. So you have to kind of over order to get some stuff in, which then stretches it out further. At some point, there's a glut. So it seems to me there would be a glut. So I just wonder, I've been hearing predictions about it abating over and over again. And, you know, while you're at that, and maybe you want to speak to sort of raw materials, I don't know where you guys are sort of on more of the specialty metals and whatnot, but certainly have seen prices on that, I think, have been bouncing around. I just, do you think it's going to abate in 2023? Listen, I'm not going to, you know, hold you to it. But if you're wrong, I'll collect something. And if you're right, I'll get you something. Maybe we could, maybe we could bet a six pack of athletic beer. How about that? Deal. Okay. Sounds good. The raw materials were a, a bigger problem, I would say, even a year ago. So we're not buying specialty metals per se, but steel, stainless steel, all those were sky high. They've kind of normalized now. They've come down. And I think maybe what's helped is just logistics are better. You know, you don't have cargo ships sitting mm -hmm. out in the harbors, 40 or 50 of them so much anymore. And you don't have, you know, quite the shortage of truck drivers, right? They're just getting the goods from place to place. Mm -hmm. So I think that's fine. Where we still run into a problem is with back to the electronics. And if we have to take... You know, you can get your hands on that specialty device, but at a cost. So mm. you know, we, we've even had to go out to eBay to find that something or ask our engineer to look for an alternate part because there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's time and, and money. It's mm. um, costly to find alternate parts and do a redesign. And unfortunately, that's what we've had to do to satisfy a customer commitment. Yeah, it's funny. We don't run into it too, too much in, in my business, but we did have an issue this past year where we someone had an older something. We couldn't get the part itself. And I thought, well, or someone, I shouldn't take, the, it wasn't my credit, but someone thought, what? I wonder if we could find an old completed system on eBay and just take it apart and get the piece we need out from inside of it. That's what we did. So There you go. Hey, it's recycling at its best, you know what I mean? And it solves a problem. So last question then, guys, if I may. As we look then ahead to 2023, we have touched on a few topics. Let's have your top three hot potatoes, if you like, that are going to be have to be navigated, I guess, through 2023. And what are you looking forward to as well? Let's end it on a high. Three hot potatoes. I'll throw out some hot potatoes. We'll, we'll maybe try and combine <laughs> for a few, but you know, I'll, I'll take the layup hot potato, which is continued workforce, you know, challenges. And I think that you know, I'll make this a plus and a minus, I guess. You know, I think. 
the challenges with workforce, meaning finding enough supply to meet the demand, it's just going to take some time to work that through because there is no silver bullet. There is no panacea. It's going to be a combination of things that we've talked about before. It's going to be meeting them where they are, which means getting on TikTok. It means going to the schools, taking tours, getting interns, you know, embracing apprenticeship programs, all that, you know, graduating more people from the tech schools, graduating certificate programs, et cetera, et cetera. That's going to take time. And so I hope that the demand stays high and that we have to feed the problem from the back end and you know, hopefully we'll maybe open up some more immigration opportunities to, to try and do some short-term fixes. You know, I think that's a hot potato big time for next year. I also think that the supply chain stuff is going to continue to be a bit of a challenge for, for next year, hopefully abating towards the end of the year, but certainly next year. Those are ch- certainly two hot potatoes I think about. I got one more, but Mark, let me throw it to you before I throw out anything yeah. else. The other one that I am excited about is technology. So just emerging technologies, I look at what we're doing at Bauer. We're working in partnership with the folks at CCAT, Ron Angelo and team, great organization. We were there a couple times last week. He's probably tired of seeing me, but 3D printing, 3D scanning, boy, they are just bleeding edge when it comes to technology. At Bauer, we just invested almost a million dollars in new fabrication equipment, bought our very first laser, bought a new press brake, but it's equipment like that, taking the SolidWorks files, feeding them right into this new equipment, boy, the efficiencies are unbelievable. And we'll be doing the same with 3D printing and scanning. Yeah, amen to that. I think, you know, again, we'll start moving into some positive stuff here. The technology, I think, is a huge opportunity, you know, for the future. I couldn't be more urgent and excited about, you know, Industry 4.0 related items. I mean, A, I'm a technology guy, so it's easy to get really hyped up about that. But I just, I think there's a lot of wood to chop there. And I, you know, I've, I've said it many, many times. I think, you know, when we fast forward 10 years from now, we're going to see that the companies that didn't embrace that part of technology are either gone or way, way far behind and on the way out, just the same way that we look, you know, in the 2000s around companies that didn't embrace, you know, lean, right? I mean, people that just never got into that, they're not really around anymore. So I think we're going to see that. You know, the flip side of that, just one more hot potato in something that, you know, Paul Lavoie's been talking about and Ron Angelo talks a lot about is cybersecurity. You know, I think from two, two fronts, right? I mean, number one, the push to CMMC is just getting hard, you know, stronger and stronger and, and rightfully so. And we're certainly seeing, you know, whether it's, you know, the issues with Russia or competition with China, but cyber attacks kind of at a, at a level that are, you know, sort of never seen before and continuing to grow. So making sure that we're on top of that, I think, is something that businesses have really started to come to grips with and will continue to need to focus on and make a priority in 2023. And to that point, Ari, so Constep, Beatrice Gutierrez and her team at Constep, top-notch, really experts when it comes to industry 4.0, cybersecurity, digital thread. We're working with them on a number of initiatives. And anyone listening to this podcast, just call them up. Constep, if you need help in any of those areas, and then some lean training and the list goes on and on. It's a great resource. Yeah, you can call Compass too, but I got you. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be great. And so, and I think that the opportunities will continue to be exciting for manufacturing in, in 2023. So I, I think, you know, we're going to continue to see some of the reversion to the mean on some of the, you know, air, commercial aerospace stuff, which I think is good. And then I think we've got a lot of other, you know, manufacturing opportunities that are continuing to grow. We, we talked about athletic brewing. There's a bunch of other, you know, manufacturing stuff that's going 
going on in Connecticut that I think is really exciting. So I think 2023 will be another year that we can take more advantage of and continue to grow the manufacturing base here in Connecticut. And hopefully continue to maintain and grow that sense of community as well, which organizations like Manufacture CT really do foster. Gentlemen, same time, same place next year. Let's recap 2023 and see how right you were about your hot potatoes and your thoughts and hopes for the future. It's been an absolute pleasure to have both of you here. I will, of course, put links to both Compass and Constep in the show notes and Bauer, of course, and Manufacture CT. It's been an absolute privilege and a pleasure, gents. Thank you for your time and being a part of Meet the Manufacturers. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Thanks, Claire. I really appreciate you guys having me on. Looking forward to a recap of next year. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode of Meet the Manufacturers, brought to you by Manufacture CT. If you would like to find out more about Manufacture CT, or you would like to join the organization, visit the website manufacturect.org. This podcast is sponsored by Cone Resnick, advisory, assurance, tax. Visit their website, coneresnick.com. If you have enjoyed listening to this episode and want to find out more about the vibrant and thriving manufacturing community in Connecticut, subscribe to and share this podcast today. Meet the Manufacturers is available on all podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music and Spotify. This podcast was created and produced by Red Rock Branding, redrockbranding.com.